Welcome in. It is Big 12 Bets, a part of the Heartland College Sports Network. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you. It's the final weekend of October, which means we're getting to crunch time in this college football season. Pretty amazing. We've made it this far already. If you're joining us for the first time, please subscribe, rate, review this great podcast here, Big 12 Bets, heartlandcollegesports.com for a write-up of two of the best plays from the Big 12 this week, and also the web-exclusive bonus bets, only available at heartlandcollegesports.com. All right, let's get into it. The final Saturday of October, and we start in Lawrence, Kansas, with the Kansas Jayhawks taking on the Oklahoma Sooners. The Sooners, the only unbeaten remaining in the Big 12 it was either going to be them or Texas. Let's be real with ourselves. That was what it was always going to be. It was going to be that winner of the Red River. It was going to be the final undefeated team left in the league. And here we are with West Virginia losing twice now. Oklahoma, of course, already became the last unbeaten during their bye week. And boy, last week, Oklahoma was pretty lucky. All things considered, as a big favorite, we talked about it last week, almost Three full touchdowns, ended up closing 17. The people bet UCF, and the Knights nearly pulled the shocker in Norman. Oklahoma needed to outscore Central Florida 14-6 in the fourth quarter. They needed to stop a two-point conversion at the end of the game. If you look at the box score, the game was even. Yeah, Oklahoma outgained them 442-397, to but yards per play, Central Florida was actually better, 5.6 to 5.3. Sooners were pretty lucky to win that game against the Knights team that is now 3-4. and four. We'll get to UCF in a little bit because that's a game I like this week. But now they play on the road. Last time Oklahoma played on the road, they played that really ridiculous game on the road to Lawrence, I should say. That really ridiculous game against Kansas when... It was the first year for Leipold. Kansas was still bad, really, really bad. And Oklahoma nearly lost that game. That was the game where Caleb Williams saved the Sooners on that run where he took the ball out of the running back's hands and picked up the first down. They reviewed it for about 15 minutes, and Oklahoma uh, ended up surviving that review and survived the game with a, a less than a two-touchdown win. In a game, they were favored by over five touchdowns on the road. Now it's a little bit of a different story here. Right now, the market's mostly nine and a half. There is some tens still out there. We wrote it up earlier in the week, or earlier on Wednesday, I should say, at 10. These numbers changed in the middle of the day on Wednesday. It is looking like it's going to be Jason Bean, not Jalen Daniels. Daniels is doubtful. That's not much of a surprise. That was always going to be the expectation in this game. The total is 65 in DraftKings. For Kansas, the last time we saw them, they played a game in Stillwater that I still think they should have won. They ended up losing 39-32, a game where Oklahoma State outscored them 12-0 in the fourth quarter, a game where if Jason Bean doesn't throw that interception when Kansas is driving to go up double digits in that game, Kansas probably wins that game comfortably. And we're not talking about Oklahoma State being the dark horse to make it to 
Arlington, which the Cowboys amazingly are at this point, we're talking about KU being that team. And instead now, Kansas with two conference losses, one in Austin and now one in Stillwater, basically they need to be perfect and need a whole a lot of heck of a help in order to get to Arlington. It's not going to happen. We'll get to Texas a little later. It's more likely than not going to be the Texas-Oklahoma rematch. But for this one, even a nine and a half, and, and look, you missed the best number. Ten is a critical number in college. We know this. Even a nine and a half, I still like the Jayhawks in this game. I expect Kansas to be able to move the ball on Oklahoma. The one question mark in this game, and this is always the question mark with Kansas, what version of the defense are we getting? Are we getting the one that forced all those turnovers against BYU? Are we getting the one that, again, scored multiple touchdowns in that game? Are we getting the defense that played very well against Central Florida? Granted, it was not Plumlee in that game. Only one series that Plumlee played before he left with re-aggravating that knee injury. Are they able to hold up against Dylan Gabriel and company? I think they are. And if they're able to hold up here in this game, Kansas is going to play this game within a score. And don't be too surprised if we're talking about later this weekend, our guy Pete Mundo on the recap of the weekend in the Big 12, if we're talking about Kansas upsetting Oklahoma in the final matchup between these two teams, his conference foes. Kansas is good enough on offense to do it. It's just a matter of is their defense good enough to slow Oklahoma down. I think they are. I like Kansas plus the points. That was written up as the best play of the week, even at a worse number now. Nine and a half, I still like KU against Oklahoma. All right, let's keep it all. These first three games are at noon, Eastern, 11 Central time and local time in Manhattan. Kansas State taking on Houston. Houston really played well last week against Texas. They had a legitimate shot to win that game, especially after Quinn Ewers left the game with injury. We'll get the Ewers a little later. But in the end, just not enough. Not enough stops. Texas able to survive. Malik Murphy came in, didn't have to do much. It was Brooks who got it done for the Texas Longhorns and the Texas defense in the second half when they needed to get a stop. They got one. But Houston, I was impressed with what I saw. They actually, by the box score, were the better side. Six yards per play. Donathan Smith, I thought, had his best game of the year by a pretty wide margin. They couldn't run the ball still, which is still the problem with this Houston offense. But I was fairly impressed what I saw from the Cougs, who are no longer the worst power-rated team in the conference. We'll get to the worst power-rated team in the conference a little bit later. Kansas State, on the other hand, absolutely annihilated TCU on Saturday night. Incredible performance all the way through. Pretty much, I don't want to say locking up, but puts us in really good shape to win our Kansas State has more wins in the regular season than TCU bad. K-State to 5-2 and two on the air. And honestly, with a really, with the injury to Ewers, a really good shot now to sneak their way back to Arlington. They'll have to go to Austin next week. I would be stunned if it's not Malik Murphy or if Murphy's ineffective this weekend, Arch Manning, in that game. But they'll have an opportunity to pull an upset in Austin next week. Right now for this week, though, K-State is a 17.5-point favorite. Total's 58. Now, 
I go by this saying with a lot of these games. A team is never as good as they showed the week before. They're also never as bad as they showed. Both of these teams go under the good category. And yes, I know Houston lost. But Houston was a 24-point underdog in that game against Texas and had a legitimate shot to pull the upset. They played very well. And quite frankly, if they played like that against a lot of the league, they would have won the game. They would have beat West Virginia comfortably, unlike, uh, obviously, the, the Hail Mary that was needed to beat the Mountaineers in that game. I'm staying out of this at 17.5. The total also I'm staying out at 58. I do have a lean to the over. I, I, I think Houston, in order to get that game over, you need Houston to score in the low 20s. I think that's more than possible. This game, uh, 38-21 gets you there. A realistic final gets you to 59. But we're going to stay out of this game completely. Again, a little bit of the rotation at quarterback with Howard and Johnson last week for K-State. Expect more of the same of that this week. But I'm going to stay out of this game. I'm going to stay out of it. I think the numbers are right. And Kansas State, that look, uh, the, the loss in Stillwater, still a little perplexing a few weeks uh, removed from it now, but that is a team still that is very dangerous, still very well, very well coached, love climbing, and that is a very good offense now. And as long as they're not turning the ball over on offense, that is a good team that is dangerous the rest of the way in the Big 12. Going to the next one, an all-Eastern time zone matchup, a rarity in this league. West Virginia goes south to Orlando in the bounce house. Central Florida and West Virginia, UCF, a seven-point favorite, total 58. I like the Knights here. Now, it could be a little bit of a letdown for the Knights, who, of course, had a real opportunity to win in Norman last week, which is amazing in all honesty, but couldn't quite get it done. Couldn't quite get it done. Falling, falling short, 31-29. But the, you, cannot, you cannot doubt at this point the difference. And again, I thought for Central Florida, I really did think that McLean played pretty well for the most part. But this team is way different with John Reese Plumley back. They are a legitimate bowl team. And with the remaining schedule, assuming Plumlee stays healthy, they are going to be favored, or at least I would make them favored in every remaining game. They may not be favored in Lubbock, but I would make them a favorite in every remaining game on their schedule, which would make them, obviously, a favorite to make a bowl game. And I think this team is more than good enough with a healthy Plumlee to make a bowl game. West Virginia has come crashing back down to earth. Yeah, I thought the 4-1 and one start was a little bit of a mirage to begin with. But last week kind of proved, okay, this West Virginia team is kind of who we thought they were. Maybe they're a little bit better than they were going into the year. Again, they had a win total that was low. They still only need two more wins to make a bowl game. And they have home games against BYU and Cincinnati left. They'll probably win both of those games to get the six. They might even win the trip to Waco the final week of the season. But West Virginia's defense is a problem again, where the big part of their run was their defense played great. Their defense last week against Oklahoma State gave up 48 points and seven yards of play. 
I know some points came off of turnovers, especially in the fourth quarter, but it's a 28-point fourth quarter for the Pokes. And seven yards per play is a big number. And West Virginia, it, it looked, they had 6.4 in that game. 6.4 yards per carry. Against Houston, or excuse me, per play, forget carry. Against Houston, they were at 6.7, but they gave up 7.5 yards per play. West Virginia is supposed to win those games. They're almost at 7 yards per play. And here they are with their offense improving, losing these last two because the defense has come crashing back down to earth. And there's no reason to think that the West Virginia defense is going to get better this week on the road in a tough environment against an offense with, again, with Plumley healthy, I think is a top half offense in this league, maybe even a top third offense in this league. And it's only seven at home. And don't be surprised if this gets to six and a, six and a half by the time the game comes around. I, I like UCF. I expect them to be able to move the ball. They're still looking for their first conference win. I think it comes here. I think it comes here at home against West Virginia, and I think it comes comfortably with Central Florida laying seven against West Virginia. All right, let's go to Austin. BYU at Texas, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 local in Austin. Of course, we know we're not going to see Quinn Ewers, who is hurt for the second consecutive year. Shoulder injury week to week. For Quinn Ewers, the injury he suffered against Houston, we will not see Arch Manning, but instead we will see Malik Murphy, who we saw come in for Ewers in Houston. Now he'll get the start against the BYU Cougars here. Now Malik Murphy, of course, big-time recruit, athletic freak, huge, huge guy, can do a lot of things. Didn't have to do much in that uh, <laughs> in that in that uh, in, in that fourth quarter against Houston. It was really the ground game that carried Texas down the field. I'm a little surprised that this isn't Arch Manning in this day and age, where if I'm Sarkeesian, I don't even want to risk him potentially going into the portal. But it is clear that Sark thinks that Malik Murphy gives Texas a better opportunity to win. For BYU on this thing, by the way, Texas is up to a 19-point favorite in this game, total of 50. I think 19, you can take BYU. Now, the Cougs have had a very weird season, to say the very least. They need one more win to go over their season win total. They're 5-2. and two. They're probably going to win at least one more of these games, even though... They're going to be an underdog in four of the five remaining games. They'll probably be a slight home favorite against Iowa State, but I'm not even sure of that with the way the clones have played. And if they were a dog against Cincinnati, there probably will be a dog at home against Iowa State, especially if they were a dog against Texas Tech, even though Iowa State's better than both of those teams. So BYU last week, 27-14 win. They take full advantage of Texas Tech having to play their third-string quarterback, Jake Strong. BYU, again, not overly impressive offensively. 4.9 yards per play. Very average. Keaton Slovis was 15-27 for 127 and two touchdowns. Pretty average. The big difference in the game was the turnovers. They forced five Texas Tech turnovers, and BYU didn't turn the ball over at all. There's your reason for a BYU win last week. 
This is a very unimpressive five-win team that has really done it through smoke and mirrors so far this year. But hey, you only need one more win for a bowl. You got two winnable games on the schedule remaining with three, I would even say. Even a road game at Stillwater is a winnable game. But this is... Really, this this whole game is dependent on what you think of Malik Murphy if you're going to bet it. If you don't think Malik Murphy is able to get it done and you think it is, and it it, it is a it's reasonably sized downgrade from him to, from Quinn Ewers to Murphy. Then you take a shot getting all those points with BYU. If you think BYU is a bad football team and that they've only done it through smoke and mirrors and this is really a three-win team that's managed to win two extras, then you stay out of this game. I don't mind the total over 50, but I am concerned about BYU's ability to move the ball in this game. So we're going to stay out of this. Texas 19-point favorites against BYU. All right, the last two of the week. Let's go to Waco. I don't have a play on this game. Iowa State, two-and-a-half-point favorites at DraftKings on the road at Waco against Baylor. Total 47. Baylor went on the road, won at Cincinnati last week. I The Bearcats, we'll get to them in a minute. They're just not a good football team. 32-29. Shapin looked good. But Baylor was outgained and out yard per play in that game. 6.1 to 5.7. You're giving up 6.1 yards per play to Cincinnati. That's a little bit alarming. Iowa State... I got to give Matt Campbell and company credit. After they lost that game to Ohio, I was done with them. Totally done with them. But they've really played well the last four weeks. Played well for a half against Oklahoma, and then the wheels came off in the second half. But they beat Oklahoma State. They handled TCU, and they destroyed Cincy. And now you get another mediocre team in their house where, look, if Iowa State's going to make a bowl game, they have to win this game. You basically don't want to put yourself in the position where you have to beat Kansas and BYU. I don't think they're beating Kansas next weekend for what it's worth, but we'll get that line when that game is lined on uh, on Sunday. I, well, I would lean to Iowa State. But I'm just curious, like, and look, I don't think this Baylor team's any good. If it wasn't for the newcomers, Baylor would be the second worst team in this league right now. Only Texas Tech to me would be worse. But there is something about having this game at home for Baylor. Where, again, win your three home games where they're a small underdog in this one. They'll be favored against Houston. And they'll probably be a similarly small underdog at home against West Virginia. You win those three games, you're in a bowl game. Doesn't matter how bad it looked early in the year. Be a nice little comeback for Dave Aranda and company if they made a bowl game. But no play in this one. Total 47. Iowa State a two and a half point favorite against Baylor. All right, final one. Nighttime, Stillwater, 7 o'clock local. The Cowboys of Oklahoma State take on Cincinnati. Uh, down to seven from seven and a half earlier in the week. Oklahoma State favorite, 53 to total. So Cincinnati has officially moved to the worst team in the Big 12 in my ratings. They're now worse than Houston. And we've talked about this last week. When you hire the wrong coach to take you 
into a new league, a better league, it's normally not going to go well. And this Cincinnati team is a poorly coached football team. Scott Satterfield's a, a really mediocre head coach. And they miss Luke Fickle. I know Fickle's not, not having the best of times in Wisconsin right now, but they miss Fickle badly. Part of the reason that they are not they are the, what they are is because they're not as well coached as they were. And yeah, we talked about Emory Jones. I don't think he's a power five quarterback, but hey, he played well last week and they played well enough to win that game on offense. They just gave up 32 to a really mediocre offense in Baylor. And now to go on the road to Oklahoma State, who look, Mike Gundy deserves a ton of credit. This season was off the rails. The the back-to-back losses, the beatdown they took at home to South Alabama, and then the loss in Ames, it was all over. Season was done. Everybody lucky to make a bowl game. But then three straight wins. And they've been they were underdogs in all three of those games. And I'm still stunned they beat K-State on that Friday night. The Kansas game, they inflicted their will on the game late, found a way in the fourth quarter. And then last week, same sort of deal, found a way in the fourth quarter against West Virginia in Morgantown. And now here are the pokes. All of a sudden, 3-1 and one in conference, 5-2 and two overall, and everything out in front of them with a schedule that is really manageable the rest of the way. After this week, where they're a touchdown favorite, they'll play the Sooners in Bedlam, which is the first weekend in November. But at Central Florida, at Houston, BYU, look, Oklahoma State wins out. They're going to Arlington. It's happening. There's no doubt. They'd have the tiebreak on Oklahoma in that spot. And I don't think Iowa State is winning out. Who has the tiebreak on Oklahoma State? And Oklahoma State is the tiebreaker on K-State. So it is there for the Pokes, as amazing as that is. Now for this game, I'm, I didn't bet this one. At seven and a half, I actually don't mind the Bearcats. It's not a great spot for Oklahoma State. They've won three straight games. They have Bedlam on deck. It's a look a classic look-ahead spot. But I don't know if Cincinnati's a team that's capable of playing anyone within a touchdown on the road in conference right now. They look that bad on both sides of the ball. But if you insisted on betting this game, I would take the points with the Bearcats. Look ahead spot for Oklahoma State and a little bit of a letdown off of three straight wins for the Pokes would be the only way I would play that one in Stillwater. All right, that's the whole slate in the Big 12. Next week, just so you know real fast, we have Bedlam, and right now, at the DraftKings Sportsbook, they do have a look-ahead line for Bedlam. Oklahoma is currently a 10-point favorite against Oklahoma State for next weekend. They also have a look-ahead up for Texas and Kansas State, where Texas is a 9-point favorite next weekend, that first Saturday of November. All right, that's all the time we have. Good luck on all your plays this weekend, everyone. This has been Big 12 Bets. With the Heartland College Sports Network, I'm Jeff Parles. We'll see you next time here on Big 12 Bets.